So I have uh, been a single dad this weekend. My wife, uh, Megan and Montgomery are in New York. Went to meet her mom for a, a girl's trip to see a show and to uh, uh, go to the American Girl Doll store. So uh, I've been with the boys and I'm calling it uh, Spouse Appreciation Weekend. Um, if I look tired, there's a reason for that. So um, anyway, um, today we're going to finish our June sermon series that's been titled Pain and Resilience. We've been talking about this subject of, uh, of pain and especially resilience over the past three or four weeks. And uh, today at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to install our new leaders for an upcoming church year. We always do that at the 11 o'clock service. Don't, don't ask me why, it's just a tradition, so we've kept it going. Uh, so some of your friends will be uh, coming to church later this morning. But I'd like to this morning talk specifically about Christian leadership and what it is. I don't claim to have mastered it, but I can tell you that I think a lot about it, about what it is and what it isn't. I spent some time last year in 2017 uh, down in Orlando with a guy by the name of John uh, Maxwell. Many of you have, have heard of him. You've probably uh, read his books or seen his books at the, at the airport. But um, I was getting certified uh, as a life coach and a speaker through the Maxwell team. And um, I have a lot of respect for John Maxwell, not just because he started out as a, as a minister, as a preacher, but also because he has become uh, one of the world's leading authorities and teachers on the subject of leadership. And he would tell you that everything that he learned about leadership, he got from the Bible. And he'll tell that to, to Fortune 500 companies when he goes in uh, to, uh, to speak to them. Uh, but, but, but John, is a, he was a pastor, he still is a pastor, but he's now a, a great leadership uh, teacher, and he says that leadership in life is simply influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And uh, he always has this proverb, he says, if you think that you are leading and you turn around and nobody is following you, then you are simply out taking a walk. And uh, there are a lot of people in our world that are simply out taking a walk. Um, Maxwell says, and I agree, that if we look at leadership as influence, then the greatest leader that ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus Christ. Because in the three years that we have recorded of his life and ministry, he changed the world forever, and it's never been the same. He says there are five basic levels of leadership, and our goal should be to move from one to the next, to not stay where we are. I'll share those with you this morning. The, the, bottom, the, the most basic uh, level of leadership is called position. And position is, is basically based on rights. People follow you because you have a position. That's the bottom level of leadership. And then you move up to the second level, which is permission. And this is based on relationships. People follow you because they want to. Then from permission, you move up to production uh, that's based on results. People follow you because of what you have done for the organization. And then you move up to level four, which he calls people development based on reproduction, multiplying yourself. People follow you because of what you have done for them. And from there, you move up to level five, the top level of leadership that he calls the pinnacle. And this is based upon respect 
People follow you because of who you are and because of what you represent. And Maxwell says the goal is not to stay where you are, but it's always to be moving up towards the next level of leadership, and every level of leadership is different. Now, when it comes to leading anywhere, we all start with position, but we can't stay there. We have to be moving up. This is true in the church. This is true in business. Uh, this is true in just about any organization in life. Now, one of the things that, uh, that he emphasizes, and, and, and clearly he, uh, he's had a big impact on me because I have not only spent time with him, but also read many of his books. But he says, there's something in life that is uh, what he calls the difference maker, and that is your attitude. He says, your attitude is absolutely uh, essential if you are to be a leader, if you are to influence and impact other people. And so I've thought about this before, and it seems to me that there are three basic mindsets that we can have in our lives. Uh, and this is coming from me, not him. The first mindset I'm gonna call the obligated mindset. Now these are the people who look at life as an obligation and a drag. They get annoyed very easily, and they complain a lot. They are constantly being inconvenienced. You know these people. They can always tell you why something won't work, but very rarely will they give you an idea or a solution of how something will work. Uh, these folks will get out of bed in the morning and they'll say, oh, here we go again, another day. And they're just waiting for something to go wrong. And guess what? Usually it does because it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. Uh, obligated people do not experience a lot of joy in their life and they usually feel like they get the bad end of the deal. The second mindset of the three, I'm gonna call the shifting mindset. And with these folks, you don't ever know what you're gonna get. One day, uh, they might be up and excited, and the next day, they might be down. One day, they're happy to be somewhere, the next day, they wanna be somewhere else. One day, they're thankful for what they have, and the next day, they wish they had more. One day, they're committed to a task, and the next day, they're MIA. You don't know where they went, now, all of us can fall into this category from time to time, depending upon what we are dealing with in life, what we are going through in life. But people with shifting mindsets are inconsistent, and you don't ever know what you're going to get. The third mindset that I want to present to you this morning is what I'm going to call the passionate mindset. And this mindset is one that says, I'm thankful to be alive, and I'm going to make a difference. For these folks, life is not viewed as an obligation. It's viewed as an opportunity, and every day is an adventure, and it's a chance to do something new. Uh, those with this mindset are grateful for their blessings, and they don't take a single day for granted. They remain hopeful and positive and resilient when bad things happen in life, and all of us go through bad, bad things and bad times. But these folks bounce back. They look for what's next. They don't dwell on the negative. They don't tell you why something won't work, they tell you how it can work. This is the mindset that all of us should work to develop, and I would say that this is the mindset that good leaders uh, should try their very best to have. So much of life is about attitude and perspective and mindset. You can take two people who are in the exact same situation, and the person who has the right mindset, the right attitude, is gonna do much better than the person who doesn't. Now this morning, what I'd like to do on this day that we, uh, we not only prepare to install our new leaders, but we also uh, begin a new church year starting next Sunday 
on July the 1st. I want to share with you what I think are the five most important characteristics of Christian leaders. And this list is not necessarily the same as the five most important characteristics of just leaders in general. I mean, it could be, but, but this is distinct to people who claim to want to be Christian leaders, not just general leaders. And if being a Christian leader means that you're trying to follow and emulate the life of Jesus Christ, then it goes without saying that these characteristics are things that Jesus portrayed. These are the things that he exhibited throughout his life and throughout his ministry. And we can find these things uh, in scripture and we can point to them. So the first characteristic of Christian leaders is that Christian leaders are servants first. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus says this, if any, if any want to become my disciples, my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Then if you look ahead to Mark chapter 10, we find Jesus saying this, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So to be a Christian leader, we first must be a servant. Jesus was always serving. Leadership in the kingdom of God is about serving. Leadership in the church is about serving. Leadership in the family, I found out this weekend, is about serving. If we're not willing to serve, then we're not willing to lead. There's a guy named Robert Greenleaf who was an uh, executive with AT&T, and um, he wrote this great book years ago called Servant Leadership. It's, it's worth reading. But in that book, he says, the servant leader is servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve, and then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. That person is sharply different from the one who is leader first. There's lots of people that want to be leader. They want the title. They want the power but they're not willing to be a servant. They're not willing to do the work. Second characteristic of Christian leaders. Christian leaders are humble. In Mark chapter 9, we find that the disciples are uh, in an argument as they're traveling to Capernaum. And when they get to Capernaum, they're in a house, and Jesus says, hey, what were you guys arguing about? He probably knew, but he wanted to hear them answer the question, right? says, what were you arguing about along the way? And they're silent. They're kind of embarrassed because they were arguing about who is the greatest. Now, I watch my six-year-old do this sometimes uh, with his friends, arguing about who is the best at basketball, who's the fastest. It's usually a guy that's not there uh, that's the fastest. I watch grown men do this about who is the best or who is the richest. Jesus sits them down. He says, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. And then he took a child and put him in his arms. Good cue right there. He took a child and put him in his arms. And he says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. 
That's an interesting scripture to think about, light of recent news. Let me read that again. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. Jesus is always telling us to be like children. What does that mean? What is it about children and their spirit that we don't get as adults? See, Jesus is turning conventional wisdom upside down. The last will be first. The first will be last. You want to lead? Serve. It's not the way that the world operates, but it's the way that Jesus operates. And at the center of it all is a deep sense of humility. And what is humility? It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is not believing that you are the center of the universe. Humility is the opposite of selfie. Humility is the opposite of narcissist. There's no smaller package in life than somebody who's all wrapped up in themselves. Christian leaders should be humble so they don't have to get credit for everything that goes right. They don't need to get credit. They don't need to get praise. They do the right thing because it's simply the right thing. Third, Christian leaders are honest and trustworthy. Christian leaders tell the truth even when it's hard. Jesus says in John chapter 8, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Now the truth is not always agreed upon. The truth could be different depending on your vantage point. But all of us should do our best to seek and know the truth. Not just to know what's convenient, not just to know what supports our agenda, but to know the truth. And yes, there are times in life when people fundamentally disagree about the truth, but the truth matters and telling the truth is important. You shouldn't believe everything that you hear. Honesty has always been the best policy because if you're honest, then you've got nothing to worry about. But lying is a slippery slope. And when people lie, they will lie again and again and again and again. You see, lying becomes much easier the more you do it. People will get to a point where they don't even know the truth because they have convinced themselves of whatever it is that they have made up. Christian leaders do their very best to tell the truth as they understand it and to search for the truth even if it's not popular. And guess what? The truth is not always popular and the truth is not always convenient. But Christian leaders seek the truth. Fourth, Christian leaders are peaceful. They don't seek out conflict. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. Forgive if you want God to forgive you. Now, you can stand up for yourself in life. You don't have to be a doormat. But it takes two to have a conflict. The longer I live, the more wisdom I see in Jesus' approach. Let it be. Let it go. Don't keep fighting, especially if you're angry or you're worked up. Christian leaders must find a way to keep a, a cool head in the midst of a tense situation. When everybody else is freaking out, when everybody else is overreacting, when everybody else is yelling and gossiping, stay calm. As our world has become less civil, peace seems to be less common. 
Peace is something that we must all work for. But you know what? It must start right here in our own hearts. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not let them be afraid. Peace comes from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God. It's the part of the Trinity that we often neglect. When we fail to live in peace with other people, it causes us to experience incredible stress. Stress that can take its toll on our health and even shorten our years on earth. Stress that keeps us awake at night. Stress that keeps us from being fully present. Peaceful people seek to resolve conflicts and not make them worse, not continue them. Lastly, the final characteristic that I'll share with you today, Christian leaders are resilient. And the best scripture that I can give you for this is simply the accounts of the resurrection in the Gospels. We are a resurrection people. And the resurrection has meaning for us in this life because of all of the little deaths that we die along the way. It also has meaning for us in the life to come. This world has a way of beating us up, slapping us around, knocking us down, making us feel lonely and afraid, but God has given us the spirit of resilience, the spirit of courage, and no matter what we go through, no matter how bad it might be, we can bounce back. That's what we've been talking about this month, resilience. We all experience pain, we all experience heartache, we all go through difficult times, but we can bounce back because resilience is a gift that comes from God. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 8? There is absolutely nothing in all creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do we believe that? Do we live like we believe that? I hope so. Amen.